0: You guys ever heard about like, the reacher and the settler? No one, no two people are like equal in a relationship at all times. You always have one who's a reacher, the one who's kind of going above what they think they can get in the settler, the one who's like, all right, this is good enough. Or another term for it is the adored and the adorer. You know, the one who's looking up at the other and the other who's like, okay, I'll just, I'll take this because it's here. It's like, how many of you in your relationships think that you're a settler? Do you want to do a show of hands? No, okay, that might get awkward pretty fast. All right. (laughs) The whole thing is like in every relationship, it's never totally equal. And it's never better to be one or the other. It's really about just what you desire in a relationship. And I think it'd be argued both ways about which one is better. Because when you're the reacher, when you're the adorer, the one trying to get the other person or feeling like you're dating up, what you get is the emotions. You get it the happiness of like, yes, I got, I got the one I wanted. And the settler, because they're like, well, this is just good enough, you know, this is I'll take this. Um, since you're looking down, you're the adored, you don't have the emotions. So you're not as happy all the time in the relationship, but what you do have is the leadership. So the one who is the adored, the one who settles, is the one who leads the relationship, and the one who is the reacher and the adorer they get the joy and the pleasure and the happiness of having what they want right i was thinking about this when i was back with my family over thanksgiving because there have been studies that they say like the way we grow up in our family is the way we project around our world all the time you never really grow out of that so like siblings the the numbers that they were in their siblings reflect like it's so, like oldest brothers are much more confident in the world because they feel like just because they had to raise the other kids in the family, they feel like the world kind of owes them, like everyone's below them. And younger siblings, you know, they're, I was always the younger sibling, so I understand that much more. And what I realized is like, I grew up with the, one of the happiest childhoods because of my older brothers. It didn't matter what we were doing, where we were going. The fact that I was with my big brothers and their friends, I was just happy to be along for the ride, right? So I was the reacher and the adore in that relationship but what i got from that was a lot of joy and wonder of just being where they were you know my older brothers though they were, they were the settlers and like no older brothers like yay i get to hang out with my little brother today you know that's, that's not the most exciting thing um, but because of that they got to lead they got to lead the relationship so i grew up that way and then you know i came and i started hanging around and living with college students and I quickly understood what it meant to be a settler. You know, There's not a lot of wonder at this point in my life. Most times I'm just like, don't park there, clean that, don't set that on fire, and don't put a tree that big into our living room. You know, that's a 20 foot tree just went up in our house, but I'll let the Frasati boys let, let you know how they got that done with. But, But the kids, they're full of joy and wonder. You know, that's the way it should be that when you're growing up in a family, the children, they get to be happy and stupid because the parents are sober and leading everything. And that's we kind of change roles throughout life. Sometimes, we're the reachers. Sometimes, we're the adores. And we get to have more of the fun in the relationship. At other times, when you're leading, you don't get that same emotion, but you get to direct the ship. And that's like one thing I've seen is that with a family sometimes where the parents break down or there's division within the family, the children one of the greatest like robberies that can happen is they don't get the joy. Right? Children shouldn't have to worry about the parents paying the bill, you know, or how work is going or how re- their relationships are going. The children should just be there to enjoy and wonder at life. Right? And then they grow up and then they take the lead in the relationship. So both have their perks. It's not, not necessarily better to be a reacher or a settler. But when we talk about the feast of Christ the King, the whole purpose of this being instituted in the 1920s was Pope Pius XI said that when we take Christ out of the picture, we're always going to look for a new idol to replace Him. Something or someone we can reach after to find our happiness. And it's only when Jesus Christ is King of our lives, of our countries, of our faith, that's when we can truly enjoy the the peace and the joy and the wonder that comes with following Him. And the church is really inviting us to be in an adoring position of the Lord where Jesus Christ is leading every aspect of my life. So it's what does it mean that Christ is King in our life? I think the, the primary fruit that we can say like Jesus Christ Himself is leading me is I'm gifted with joy. I'm gifted with wonder. Because I'm not the one who has to be in control of everything around me. I have another One who is leading me." Because deep down, every single one of us as human beings is meant to be a reacher. An adorer. Even Jesus Himself was an adorer of the Father. Right? He said, my whole goal of life, my only desire is to do the will of the One who sent me. He was always filled with the wonder and the joy of just being with his Father and doing His will. And yet, Satan, on the other hand, defines himself on his own terms. Non serviam. Right? I will not serve. So he defines himself as his own ruler. And what immediately goes with with that mentality is sadness. Because we're not meant to govern our own lives. And the more we try to take control of our lives, to be king or queen of our own kingdom, the first fruits of that will be sadness, even if we get what we want. Because it's very lonely at the top of the mountain, and we're not supposed to be at the top of the mountain or the top of relationships. We're all meant to be surrendered to the power of another. That's why when the, when, some followers of Christ asked Him, where is the Kingdom of Heaven? Jesus said, beware, many people will come and say, there it is, or here it is. But the Kingdom of Heaven is within you. I think it's it's a mindset. It's a conversion of how I see my life and the world around me. Where I'm not in charge of what I do. I'm surrendered to the One who is leading me in all things. And when that happens, we will know it in our hearts because there will be a deep joy that floods our soul. That same joy that we had in childhood when we could depend on our parents to provide for us, we can have that as adults when we know our Father in Heaven is truly providing for us no matter what we're going through. Peter Crete, he said something once, said. Really amazed me. He said that all human beings are looking for happiness. It's the one thing every religion, every philosophy, you know, every human being will agree on. Everything we do is we do for happiness. He goes, but happiness can never come from comprehending God, from understanding God. Because we're not meant to comprehend God, we're meant to be comprehended by God to know ourselves as understood by God. And sometimes that same relationship that we could have with God where I want to rule Him, that's reflected in our life. Life happens to us. We're all in our own situations that are somewhat outside of our control. And when we're trying to dominate our life, sometimes what's really in there is the lie that I'm on my own and I have to take care of this in order to get through. Rather than that mentality of, I don't need to perfect my life to be happy. I don't need to have everything under control to be happy. All I need to know is the One who is over me, leading me, guiding me, loving me, present to me, and then I can surrender. It's like the, there's that saying, the only way you win the game is by not playing it. A lot of the times, the only way we win the game of our individual lives is by stepping out of it and stepping into the Lord. You take the remote. Now, I saw when I was away in uh, Moscow. We went and saw the movie Napoleon. Just came out. Walking Phoenix and um, wasn't as good as Gladiator, disappointingly. You know, it's Ridley Scott film again and. Uh, It was decent, but one thing that just amazed us, um, I didn't know so much about his relationship with his his wife that he had throughout his life. And this was a man who he took over all of France after the revolution. Not only that, he took over the entire army, was understood as one of the greatest uh, military commanders in history of the world, conquering all the lands around France, making them a superpower. And yet, the one person that he had absolutely no power over was his wife. And his wife wasn't exactly like a, you know a purest, nicest creature in the world. She was extremely unfaithful to him. Like She was already married before they even met. She was older than him. Um, and then when he left, she began to be unfaithful to him, with other men reflecting on him. He'd be writing her all the time. They still have letters that he was writing to her. And she refused to write him back. And she treated him so poorly throughout like their entire life and the question was like why could a guy like this who's conquered so much in his life is leading everything allowing himself to be abused in this relationship and it's actually a very common phenomenon because no man and no woman wants to just lead everything so it's Sometimes, even better in their minds, to be subject to a person who abuses them, even rather than feel alone on top. Because we're all meant to be creatures, adorers, reachers of another. And if it's not God that we're reaching up to, oftentimes it can be a very dysfunctional relationship, whether it can be with a cult within a church. Like I don't want it. You just tell me what I need to think, what I need to do, and I'll do that. That's my one reservation about YouTube videos, especially when it comes to talking about the church. There's a lot of good information out there, but it's very easy to take these YouTube priests, bishops, or people speaking, and just say, "I belong to this group within the church," and then I subjugate my will and my thought process to them, rather than to the Lord who's leading me every day in my life where I'm at now. So we're all meant to be reachers and we're all reaching for something. It's about who that is that we allow to be on top of us. So is Christ your King? I think there's three options of who, who reigns over us in our day-to-day life. Right? Well, number one, you have the David Goggins, you know, Andrew Tate mentality. Of like, no one reigns over me. I do it myself. Look at those cat's over there. They can't keep up with me. And you, it's really an orphan mentality. Because behind that is the belief that I have to take care of myself. No one's coming to save you. We're all alone in the end. And if I don't pick myself up by my own will, nothing's going to happen. And that's one of the loneliest ways we can live. The second one is that Napoleon mindset, which is, I choose somebody on this earth to replace God in my life to reign over me. And I subject my will and my intellect to them so at least I don't feel alone. That's kind of what Napoleon fell into. That's what toxic relationships can look like at times. Or, it's Jesus Himself who reigns over me. It's Jesus Himself, His voice, His Word, His presence who guides me in all things. And how do we know which one of those it is? Who who am I obsessed with? When I'm in trouble, when I'm scared, when I'm confused, who do I go to? And most of all, is my life filled with the fruits of the Kingdom of Heaven, which is of joy, and of peace, and of love, and of wonder, that most of all, leads me into a place of surrender. I don't need to have all the answers, and I don't need to be in control. And that's what we get every single time we come to Mass here. That's why we go to adoration. Adoration teaches us how to enter into that position of adoring the Lord and coming to the Eucharist, reaching out to Him who gives Himself to us, to the degree that I understand Jesus Christ, His presence with us right now in this church, and coming on this altar in the Holy Eucharist, to reign over us right here in our lives. When we receive Him and experience His Kingdom truly entering into our hearts, the only place He wants to reign. To the degree that we understand that, we can experience His Kingdom, here and now, in our lives, and surrender to His kingship over every single one of us. And that's the secret to living in that joyful freedom of the sons and daughters of God, that Christ comes to bestow on us, here and now, if we are open to it.